Hey guys, just want to let you know about a small change to our posting schedule. So from now on, we're going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. This is going to allow our team enough time to create valuable content for you. So with that, let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the Nova Podcast, where we have conversations about culture, Christianity, and real life issues, and how the Bible gives us a lens to engage the world around us. We believe that Jesus transforms everything, and so our hope is to equip Christians to discern God's will, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Nova Podcast. My name is Logan Reynolds, and I serve at First Baptist Belton as a senior pastor. And it's a fun day today because I get to introduce you to a friend of mine, Brett Billman, who is the headmaster at Providence Preparatory School here, which is the school that uh, we're partnered with, and, and they occupy our building and do all their fun things here. And so, Brett, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, glad, glad to be talking with you. Yeah. Glad to be at First Baptist. It's awesome, man. Glad to have you. So today's topic, Brett, what we're trying to cover today is we just want to have a discussion on uh, Christian education. So when we're talking about education. We're trying to think through how, how should how should parents think about education? What are some of the things that they should think through? What are some things that you've thought through, you know, in, in your yeah. own life, both personal and uh, professional? So that's that's where we're headed. But before we yeah. get there, I got a fun question for you. All right. I warned you of this earlier. So, if Brett Billman has a superpower, you can pick any superpower ooh. you want, what okay. would you choose? Well, let me start off by saying, I think I do have at least a couple superpowers. Yeah. One is that... <laughs> I've never heard anybody I, start out with... I have amazing I, reflexes. Like, if a dish is about to fall, I will catch it. Like, if it's across the room, it's um, it's like cat-like, you know? Um. <laughs> I, I think I have like really strong vision. However, I'm also colorblind. So uh, it's debatable as to whether that's a superpower if you, got, if you can't see color. Okay. Well. So outside of the fact outside, that you're amazing, yeah, yeah. what would be your one thing you would say, ah, oh, I just want, I wish I could this. I think everybody wants to fly. I mean, I think, I think every, that's <laughs> like ever, if, if you had the option to fly, it would be difficult. I don't, I don't know how you could trump that. Right. You know? Right. There are other things like reading people's minds. Like, no, I don't, I don't really want to know <laughs> what's going on in your mind, you know, but flying. Yes. That is also That's true. I, I mean, think about it. There is a great responsibility in being able to read somebody's mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I want that. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sitting here thinking about Jesus, you know, I mean, he mm-hmm. was able to you know, there's plenty of different texts where, you know, he's able to read their minds. Woman at the well be a great example of that. Yeah. Um, and you're going, man, that would be so awesome. But as I was just thinking that, thinking through that, as you were talking about it, I yeah. was going, man, that's a great responsibility. Right. I don't know that I want that one. Right. Anyway, super fun. Fortunately, Jesus <laughs> as is an Lord ability to, yeah, and not, and right. not us. Yeah. That's right. Well, Brad, tell me about you, man. Tell us, tell the, the folks who are listening a little bit about who you are, where you yeah. came from, yeah. um, all the things. 
Right. So I'm the, I'm the headmaster head of school here at Providence. Um, so I, we've been here at the school for, this is our 12th year. Our school's been here. This is our 12th year. It, we're in our 12th year and I came at the beginning. Yeah. So, um, but so I'll just, I'll just back up a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in public schools in Wichita, Kansas. And in fact, my, both of my parents are career public school teachers. Nice. So my mom was at the elementary level. My yeah. dad was at the high school level. And, uh, so we, we did public schools and that's what, that's what we did. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, I mean, I'm so proud of my parents. Um, they were walking really in a calling and, um, and I mean, I think it was a really beautiful thing. Um, so I went to, I went to college, um, loved college. Just loved the academic world. I went to Baylor. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I guess not, not public. Right but pretty big, um, loved college, just loved the academic environment and just kind of decided, I just want to stay in the academic environment. Right. Yeah, sure. And, uh, wanted to be, wanted to be a professor. And so got a master's there at Baylor, went on to get a, was going on to get a PhD. So started a PhD. And at that point, uh, and what, what was really weird is that the Lord called me kind of out of this academic university track to, to teach high school. And it was a little bit like a Damas- Damascus road experience for me. Uh, cause I can tell you exactly where it happened. Um, I was stacking chairs in this kind of part-time job. And, uh, and so then I went after that, I had a break and started immediately researching what to do. So that led me to teaching, uh, in a, in a urban, uh, public school in, back in Texas. I was in Kansas at the time. So, so, uh, so you so got back, in Texas. back to Texas quick as you could. Yep. I was excited to be things. back in Texas. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I taught, taught, taught in five, taught for five years and, uh, and it was a really good experience. Um, in, in a school that, that, uh, a lot of, a lot of the students were quite poor. And so that was a really, cool experience yeah. for me. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wife, kids. Yes. I have, um, two kids. Uh-huh. Um, Maddox is 15. He's a sophomore in Providence. And then Olivia is 12 and she's wow. a sixth grader. And, uh, so when we started, um, Maddox was in pre-K. So he's been here since he was four years old. Yeah. So he's gone through the whole, the whole system here. And my wife, Sarah, teaches kindergarten super uh, fun providence there's something special about kindergarten teachers that definitely you know it's like like if i were to poll the audience and said okay who is your favorite teacher it's almost certain that everybody will say yeah oh it's my kindergarten teacher definitely it's amazing how that works yeah so she gets to be she's everybody's favorite Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and she's my favorite good, too. Good answer, yeah, Brett. Yeah. Good answer. I was yeah. trying to set you up for that. Give you a softball. So good answer. She is an amazing, Sarah, if you're listening, teacher. Yeah. we're just, just clarifying your amazing, your amazing teacher, amazing wife, amazing yeah. mom, all the things. That's cool, man. Love it. Yeah. All right, dude. So before we start talking through education and really get into the nitty gritty, I've got to know the answer to this question because mm-hmm. I've always wondered it. But now that I have you and I have the opportunity to ask you, I'm going to ask you. Why headmaster and not principal? 
What's the, what is you know, that? You know, we, uh, we're not real, to, to be clear, we're not real firm on these terms. Sometimes it's principal, sometimes it's headmaster. Right. I think my technical title is actually head of school. Oh, is it? But, okay. Um, the words, as I understand it, the words headmaster and principal are really similar and it comes from like your, your head teacher. So gotcha. master is like, you know, the British sort of version of master, which right. would be, you'd call like master johnson or master billman which would be what you might call your teacher and so yeah. it's like the head of the teachers were sure. principal similar ideas like the principal sure. teacher yeah and and i like both those terms honestly because my standpoint has always been i'm not here in like the ceo standpoint i'm involved in education i want to teach and i want to lead um by the grace of God, right. you know, uh, a great faculty in what we do. And that's, and that's educating teachers. So I like, I like the, the history of that term, both yeah. of those terms, headmaster and principal. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I've just always thought that was funny. I'm like, what? I wonder what the difference is. Why is the, anyway, so now I, well, now I know. And if yeah. anybody asks me, I'll have an answer. So that's good. Yeah, I think it also, it sounds, some people think it sounds cool. Yeah. Headmaster. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you're a really hardcore disciplinarian. Um, sounds very I classical, I, I suppose. Is yeah. that fair? Is yeah. that fair? Yeah. All right, cool. Now that we've solved that, here's the, here's the question I have for you, man. I've been thinking about this. So you, you get to be a public school teacher, yeah. right? So serving the Lord in that capacity. Um, obviously there was at some point there was a, a change. Mm -hmm. So to talk into that change, how'd you go from public school to the private school sector? What was that like? What were some of the things that led to right. you? feeling called to do that. Right. It, it really, it was a pull toward something yeah, and not pushing away from something. So it was really, it was really, um, being excited about classical Christian education. So I read a book called wisdom and eloquence, which is about classical Christian education. And before reading that book, I really did not know much about it. Um, I was, I was, just in, in the public school world, that is just not the sort of thing that you're reading. And when I read it, I just frankly just got super fired up as yeah. an educator. Um, I was a lot of where I was coming from was some of the academic aspects of classical Christian education. So learning about just the emphasis on chronology, um, studying history, um, you're going in this really systematic way from ancient times to modern times. And in a classical school, you know, our school, we study the ancients, then we study medieval, and then we study American slash early modern. And then we, and then we're getting into more American and late modern. And we, it's like a four year cycle. Sure. And you repeat that three times over yeah. the course of 12 years. And I just love that. Yeah. Um, as a literature teacher, having the context where all of the literature that that, that I might be teaching in the classical school would also come alongside the history uh, that they're learning uh, throughout the grades was very exciting to me. Um, but a big part had to do with, I think just sort of an awakening that I was having about all God, all truth is God's truth. Yeah. And just getting excited to be in a place where every class every subject, every discipline, every sport, all your activities could be an opportunity for worship, an opportunity for discipleship and an opportunity for, for community. Sure. Um, and when, it, when I started to sort of 
read about that and sense that and maybe visit some other schools where you're seeing that, um, it was just really attractive to me. And so my first foray sort of into I, I, the Christian school world was from an education standpoint. Yeah. Actually, before it was a parent standpoint. Right. Yeah. I love what you said there. I think this is really great. And I think it's important to think through, you know, as, as you're considering, you know, mm-hmm. what would I do with my kids, all the different things, where do I land, you know, in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of the push-pull yeah. relationship. I heard that one time. I don't, I don't remember. I, I can't attribute it to anybody because I don't remember where I heard it. But um, kind of the idea of it, you don't want to, you don't want to leave something because you're you're right. you're pushing away from it, but mm-hmm. you want to to go towards what you're being pulled toward, and I think that's that's great. I think sometimes we miss that, you know, when we're considering and even making big decisions in general in life. We it's like yeah. we're running from something to another thing rather right. than right. you know going to that thing that you you feel excited about. It's you know it's really impacting your life. Uh, I think that's that's really powerful, man. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, again, going from public school, then, you know, jumping into private school. I mean, what are some of the things that, you know, if you were to um, say this is kind of the philosophy of education, of classical education, I mean, right. what, what, where does that come from? I know there's Deuteronomy 6, right. Matthew right. 28 obviously has some, some play there Absolutely. too. So, so talk yeah. me through that. Like, yeah. What does that look like? Okay. So if we look at Deuteronomy 6, um, so what Jesus goes back and refers to as the greatest commandment, right? Yeah. Which is to love the Lord, our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Sure. And yeah. so I've been thinking about our school providence. I'm speaking maybe specifically, and at least for this question about our school, but I, I sort of see providence as like our best shot at living out Deuteronomy six. Sure. So when you think about heart, soul, mind, and strength, these represent pretty much all of the domains of life. So I actually took, I did this this summer and I shared it with some of our parents, but I, I put in a grid, like four quadrants, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I just thought about for my kids, for my family, what are the things that we do? What are the things that I want them to do? And that ranges from learning different subjects, but mm-hmm. it also is about the spiritual, um, the, like, like church and so forth. Um, our family discipleship, it goes into sports. It goes into fitness. Um, when we think about worshiping God through, through our strength, yeah. when we think about our hearts, like the relationships that we have, the friendships we have, um, the fun activities that we do. And so just made this huge list and sorted them into four categories and just sort of started to think that Deuteronomy six is really saying in all aspects of your life, worship the Lord, love the Lord through those activities. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything that we do or that I want to do that didn't fit into one of those categories. Sometimes yeah, they like bleed into each other. Right. So right. I think in another aspect of Providence is that we're classical, but we're also collaborative. That means that we have this somewhat unusual component where our students learn at home a sure. couple days a week. Right, right. So they're here, depending on their age, the younger ones are here two days a week, our older ones are here three days a week on campus. And then and then they're homeschooling with a parent. And what that does is it allows parents to take a really active role in the education process. But really, education is discipleship. Yeah. And that's what Deuteronomy 6 is about. So 
I think, I think what we're after is like, let's take all of these things that we do and we want our kids to learn these things that really make up a child's life and think about how we can be involved as parents and how our school can support our students through thinking about everything they do is an opportunity Mm. to love the Lord, to glorify God, you know? Um, so that's, that's where I would, that's, that's a big part of, I think my philosophy is that education is discipleship and it goes back millennia, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so we are discipling, we can disciple our kids for different things, of course, and we want to make sure that they're looking at what is really true and what is really good and what is really beautiful. Yeah. Man, I've heard you say that before. Um, and, um, man, I love that statement. You know, what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. Where, where'd you get that? Um, so, yeah, those are, those go back to, I guess the I know Greek I've, philosophers. I was going to say, I know I've heard mm. that somewhere. I've read it yeah. somewhere, but man, I love that you guys stand on that. It's great. So like the, it goes back to actually um, the pagan Greek philosophers. We're yeah. talking about the transcendental ideas of truth, goodness, and beauty and trying to see like, if you know, like the platonic forms, right? like here on earth, we see things kind of, we're in this shadow land. So we try to pursue those uh transcendental ideals like right right but then we look at christianity like paul uh talking about you know here on earth we see things through a glass darkly right Mm. um and so christianity has really i think is sort of the fulfillment of a lot of these sort of old ancient pagan ideas like there was some truth there but it was really it was broken and incomplete right and um, when we, when we have the new Testament, um, and then philosophers like Augustine were really big into these ideas of truth, goodness, and beauty. Right. And so in a classical school, I think truth, goodness, and beauty are sort of like your compass, like what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. And then training our students to, to go after those things. Yeah. We're getting pretty deep here. It's good though. I love it. I love it. It's good. And I, cause I think it's, I think it's worth it's, it's, it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking through. I mean, you know, cause they're just right there. You, you've talked a little bit of differences in terms of, you know, public school, um, yet at the same time, private school. I mean, there's just, it's a, it's probably a little bit different lens that you're looking through. Mm-hmm. Um, one's not right. One's not wrong. It's just right. a different lens that, that you guys have found. Now, how, as far as like kiddos, you know, you're obviously you're invested in a greater mm-hmm. level because you're doing this professionally, but um, what about personally? I mean, how did you guys think about that with your kids? And, and, and I'm sure most of what you just said is going to translate to the right. kiddos, but right. Yeah. So I think a lot of it does because my son, when, when I, when we moved to Belton, um, to start Providence, to be part of that, my son was about to hit school and we, knew that the school we were just in we were just in a neighborhood and we knew um that just for various reasons that it it just wasn't gonna work for for what we were trying to do and we but we were trying to figure out what do we want to do right why isn't this going to work right and i think i think what a, a big thought that i had was 
at some level, I want to be involved in his education. I don't want to farm it out right. to, to everybody right? And it, in public school, private school or whatever it is. Right. Um, as I, I just felt a conviction that, that I needed to have some involvement in that mm. process a little bit more so than I think I, I saw most people doing. Right. Um, so that, that was, that's not something that I expected. That's not like, this doesn't come from like this big grand philosophy that I had. It was just like, here's my son. Here's, here's what I'm suddenly kind of convicted about. Yeah, sure. And I do think that as Christian parents, there is, there is a high calling for what we do as parents. Right. Um, now does it mean that we teach every aspect of life? Thankfully not. There's a lot of people that we are in with community that are experts and great at teaching certain things, but we've got to be pretty involved. I think in, in how that education is, is falling out and processing and dealing with and talking about with our kids, what they're learning, um, and, and, and trying to get a good feel of how it's, how it's affecting them. Yeah, sure. So, so Brett, if you were to kind of land the plane and if you were to say, you know, what are one or two things that you would say, parents, I I want you to consider as you think about education specifically as it relates to your kids and and Mm -hmm. all those different things, but what, what would be your maybe two, one or two things that you would say, Hey, I I think you need to think through these couple things. Right. I think, I think that one thing, um, is time. And so if you go back to Deuteronomy six, if you extend that a little bit more, you know, Moses is saying, you know, these truths that I tell you talk about them when you wake up, when you're at the table, when you're walking on the road, when you go to bed at night. And, and so one thing to think about is just the time. What are our kids doing with the time that they have? Yeah. And, is that time edifying? Is it not edifying? What are they learning? And then not everything is going to be what we want it to be. Sure. You know, sure. no matter what school we're in, are we satisfied? Are we happy with what they're learning, how they're using that time? Sure. Because if they're, if, if the messaging is just so consistently something that's secular and that is not working towards discipleship, are we able to do enough to sort of retrain, to, to prepare, to equip our, our, our kids, um, in an effective way? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one that, um, that we, we just talk about a lot. It has a lot to do at Providence. We just talk a lot about time Mm. and being really good stewards of, of our time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. That's great. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I think I think our hearers are going to really value everything you said. I mean, I think I think what's important to us is just as a church as we're thinking through these things is, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to parents and their discipleship of their kids, right? So when they start thinking about, man, what are we going to do with our kiddos? Mm-hmm. I think what's important for us is to say, hey, here's the different options, right? Yeah. It's between you and God as as far as, you know, the steps that you take and, and, mm-hmm. and how you want to do that. But we just want to 
ultimately want to present the options and say, hey, we, right. we want you to follow the Lord in whichever way that you believe that yeah. God's calling you to do that, and we yeah. want to help equip you to do right. that. And so right. that was kind of the goal of today was just to yeah. get a fun conversation going with you, yeah. man, introduce you to some yeah. of our listeners. And I'm, selfishly, I got to hang out with you for a little bit right on, Logan. talk yeah, through some education fun. stuff. Yeah. So super fun, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. Well, guys, for those of you who are listening, listening in, uh, man, feel free to, uh, to to write us a review. We'd love to have that. You can find us on social media, websites, Spotify, all the things. You can email us if you got questions, snowsurfshare at fbcbelton.org. And then, of course, you can find us on our website, fbbelton.org. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate your time. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Nova podcast. If you would like to hear more from us, join us this Sunday at 9 a.m. To find more information about our church, visit www.fbbelton.org.